Hi, you guys. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you are having a good day. You guys, I'm really excited for this series. I hope you guys are enjoying it. Remember, if you need prayer or you have any questions, please reach out. Hello at dannysumner.com. The link will be in the show notes. Before we jump in today to today's episode, I have to tell you a funny story because it goes along with today's episode. Expect the unexpected. Okay. So last week we're in Mexico and it was the middle of the day and we looked at our phones and it wasn't supposed to rain for about an hour or so. So we decided to hike it and to walk a little bit into town to buy our kids souvenirs. So Gary said, hey, grab your rain poncho in case it rains. Of course I didn't, but of course he grabbed his and we took off. So we're in the middle of town. It starts to sprinkle. We find our kids these awesome ponchos, super cute, grabbed them. And then you guys, torrential downpour. It started raining like so hard. And actually I took a picture. It was awesome. But Of course, my gentleman husband, Gary, hands me his rain poncho, and he is walking back to town in the cobblestone roads, beautiful, picturesque, but he's getting soaking wet because I'm wearing his his little raincoat. And so we get back to the hotel, Zach calls him, I jump in the shower, and Gary's on the phone with Zach, I jump in the shower and shower really quick and get out. And if you've been around here anytime at all, you know that I end all my showers with cold water. So I love polar plunges. I believe there's so much benefit to us emotionally and physiologically and all of these things. And so I end every shower literally 30 seconds to three minutes in cold water. I love polar plunges. I, I can't think of many more things in my life that has helped me on a daily basis, just kind of lift my my emotions into a better place. I'm more alert, all of that stuff. So side note, cold showers are not just for teenage boys, but they are for all of us. They really help. Okay. I'm not a medical doctor. So if you have any medical things going on, ask your doctor before you take a cold shower and you're shocked by cold water. Okay. So I get out of the shower. Gary wraps up his call with Zach. Then Gary gets in the shower. As I'm drying off, I hear this blood curdling scream. I mean, Gary is just like, Danny. And In two seconds, I realized what had happened. So this shower was beautiful. The bathrooms were beautiful. It was like this huge bathroom. In the shower itself was a huge bathtub, and it was all tile, uh, floor to ceiling, and even the ceiling was tile. And there were two shower heads, one shower head overhead. It was beautiful. It rained like the rainforest. It was absolutely incredible. And then one shower head about chest high from the wall, with a nozzle that you could move and face it towards the wall or take it off and whatever. So that was for like, if you didn't want to get your face wet or your hair wet, you'd use the one that's shooting at your chest, right? Well, most of the showers in Mexico, because there's no drought, I showered three times a day and the shower was incredible. I did the overhead shower because it was, it was so amazing. You guys, I felt like I was in the rainforest. It was just amazing. Okay. So, but this shower, we had dinner in about an hour and I didn't want to do my hair again. So I just did the nozzle one. So it was about chest high. So I could just wash my face and not get my hair wet and and all of that. Of course, I ended it with the polar plunge and I ended it with the nozzle facing towards the door. Okay. So when Gary got in the shower, he turned on the water and cold water hit him straight in the chest and he screamed like you wouldn't believe. And you guys, once I realized what was going on, I started laughing so hard that I actually, I think I pulled a muscle in my side. Like it hurt so bad. I was like doubled over and he's still mad. I mean, he literally, he didn't even turn the water off. Like he was in such shock. He didn't even know what was going on for, I think like 10 or 15 seconds. And it was the most hilarious thing 
ever, from my point of view. He did not think it was so funny, so we had a little bit of conflict we had to work through, and he eventually forgave me. I was going to say he eventually apologized, but I eventually apologized, and I I didn't try to explain myself. I just said, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have left the shower head pointing the door. Oh my gosh, you know, forgive me, whatever. Even thinking about this story, I still get a cramp in my side thinking about it. We did get through our marital little issue there in Mexico, but it was hilarious. So my point of this story is the unexpected hit Gary. And when it hit him, he literally freaked out. Okay. And you got to understand, Gary is my, even Steven, like the dude is just very, things don't really affect him at all as much as they affect me. Right. Like I, something happens and I like feel it. I feel your emotion. I feel my emotion. I feel the emotion of it. I'm either really happy or really sad. Like I'm very, I'm on a roller coaster ride, right. Where Gary's more like just a little bit like, you know, even he just, things don't affect him quite as much, which is beautiful and wonderful and amazing. So when things do affect him like that, it's hilarious. Okay. Because he's not used to it. So anyways, that's a whole other story. So the unexpected happened to Gary and it took him a minute to recalibrate and to find himself and to turn off the nozzle and to warm up the water and to turn on the rainforest shower, not the nozzle shooting at his chest. And by the time he figured out what was going on, he pulled away to go change. And at that moment, the shower door is still open and he, the water shot through the shower door into the bathroom, into our our room. And it was, of course, I had to wipe it up because it was my fault. Right. But it was, I was still dying laughing and you guys, seriously, it was hilarious. Okay. I'm sorry, Gary, but Gary and I laughed about it last night again. So he's fine. The whole point of the story goes with the theme of today's podcast episode, expect the unexpected and what to do when the unexpected happens. I hope you guys liked the episode. Let's dive in. And I hope that made you laugh. Welcome to a holy mess podcast. All right, my friends, we all know life can be so difficult and painful at times, especially when we're carrying grief or loss or wrestling with shame about our past, anxiety about our future, or frankly, like we are just not enough. But there has to be so much more for us. There is hope and joy, peace, love, fun, purpose, and a reason that you, my friend, are on this planet. Let's partner with God so you can be who he created you to be as you wrestle through and trudge through your mess. Hi, I'm Danny, a recovering alcoholic, a mom, a wife, a mentor, and dust. We are only here for a moment. Let's live like it. I'm just like you. I'm a holy mess most days. Actually, every day. Let's have some fun and laugh while trudging through our mess. This stuff doesn't need to be dry and boring. Let's dig in. How do we get through life when unexpected things happen. And, you know, I want to back up. I think most of our misery is because of things that we didn't expect to hit our life. Some an unexpected event happens and it really derails us. And so I want to kind of break that down. And I want to talk about it. And I want to share where this, this concept came from last week when we were in Mexico, but we, there was a business meeting. And in this business meeting, uh, Doc Chen, who is probably, I can probably say without a doubt, one of the smartest humans on the planet right now. He is just absolutely incredible. He has an incredible perseverance story. He, you know, he immigrated from Taiwan and is probably one of the most successful people in the world. And he's just absolutely brilliant. He's very future focused and very future. He can just see what's coming and, and then build products 
to prepare and to help people and to protect people and, and all of that. So I'm not going to get into the whole business thing, but when Doc Chen is going to talk, I'm going to listen because when I'm around this guy, I, I swear to God, my, my IQ goes up 10 points. You can't be around someone that brilliant and not just get smarter or feel smarter or be exposed to things to help grow your knowledge. And so, and he's, by the way, one of the nicest, most humble human beings. He and his wife are just, they're just great people. And they've been through so much and they've endured so much and they have created just an incredible uh, life for themselves and life for so many people. So when Doc talks, I, I listen. And Spouses didn't need to go to this meeting, but I'm like, oh, no way, I'm going. I want to hear about the future. I want to hear about the financials. People keep talking about this recession that's coming, and people are already feeling the effects of the economy right now. And so I wanted to hear it. I wanted to hear his thoughts and that sort of thing. So as Doc starts talking, he says, you guys, I've been saying it for a year now, but we've got to expect the unexpected. And literally, my heart just swelled. And I felt like the Lord said, man, this applies for life, not just business. Take notes. So I pulled out my phone and I took like a page worth of notes on my notes and my phone. And he was talking about business, obviously, but I'm going to apply this to our lives. But he was talking about how in business and for um, his business in particular, there's three sections. So if you look at business like a tripod, right? So there's three legs to a tripod. There's one leg represents the customers, one leg represents the company, and then one leg represents the employees, the agencies, and the agents, right? And so if all three of these legs are doing well, the tripod is even, and it's great, okay? It's very useful, and and it's working well. If one of those legs is hurting, it affects the other two legs as well. And he was saying, you know, if the company's hurting, that's going to affect the leg of the employees and the agencies and the agents. And it's also going to affect the leg of the customers. And, you know, he was saying that if the company's strong, but the customers are hurting, it's going to affect negatively the other two legs, which is the company and the other leg of the employees, agencies, and agents. And so it just, it, it spoke to my heart because I thought, man, you know, I'm obsessed with the fact that we are triune beings, right? So like the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in the same way how the Trinity works, I believe that's how we as human beings work. We have a spirit, right, where our soul resides, and we have physical bodies, right, our physical beings, and then we have minds and our brains and all of that. And so we're triune beings, and if our minds are off or we're struggling with our thoughts, then it's going to affect our physical bodies, and it's definitely going to affect our spirits we're off spiritually, it's definitely going to affect our minds and our mental wellness, and it's going to affect our physical bodies. And you know, if you have any chronic illness or you had any chronic illness, it affects your mental wellness and it also affects your spirits. And so it's all, it's all connected, right? It's all interwoven and we're complicated beings, but yet it's really simple too. But as he was talking, he was saying, you know, expect the unexpected. He said, the external success is great for a company, but the most important part is the internal strength. Because if we have internal strength, then we have a future. And it really spoke to my heart because it was like, man, that's the same thing for us. Like external circumstances are great if they're great, right? But if they're not, and but if our internal heart and mind and being is, is not great, then it's it's harder to have a joyful and purposeful and 
peace-filled future. As he was talking, I felt like the Lord was saying, you know, if our internal beings are strong, it doesn't even matter what's going on externally because we can weather whatever storm, we can get through it, and we have a future that we can live in and we can live in ourselves and and be grateful and, and all of that. And so anyways, it was just a really profound moment for me that I know he was talking about business, but it really applies to our lives as well. And so I wanted to talk about two things. And I wanted to correlate it to the story about Gary getting hit in the shower with that water. Because when the unexpected comes as a humanity, we are very hard on ourselves. If we don't respond in just the right way all the time, we condemn ourselves, we beat ourselves up, we pile on the shame, the guilt, the remorse, and then it's hard to live and be who we were created to be. It's hard to walk free and to take action in a good direction when we are piling on all of this stuff. So I I wanted to say, if you, and we all have, but if you've had an unexpected thing hit you, right? If an unexpected tragedy, a loss, a situation, if life didn't turn out the way you expected it to, I want to give you a second to, like Gary, in that cold water, feel it, to absolutely acknowledge what's going on and to get it out. It's just really important that we don't repress these things or bury them under the rug because the things that we bury under the rug, we end up tripping over. And I say this all the time, but we end up breaking our noses on the things that we bury under the rug. So it's really important that we don't repress these things, that we actually acknowledge what's going on. And in some physical way as well, I think it really helps us to process and to not just verbally process things, but I think we need to process things even with our hearts, with our minds, with our bodies, and with our spirit. Let me explain a little bit more. If you're a physical person, exercise, hit a punching bag, do something, but acknowledge it as you're exercising it out. Like acknowledge that tragedy, acknowledge that loss, acknowledge that grief, right? If you are more of like a creative artsy, paint a painting, draw, write a story, get that angst out. You can journal. If you're a gardener, get in the dirt and actually think about what that negative thing was that hit your life. What unexpected thing hit your life and garden and get in the dirt and get back to nature and and all of that. Whatever your thing is, if you like to walk, go on a walk and do a grief walk, do a an angst walk, like give yourself permission to take a moment. Now, I want to acknowledge the importance of allowing ourselves to process these things and to feel these emotions. Because so many of us feel like if I feel anything but joy, I'm doing something wrong. If I feel anything but happiness, I'm doing something wrong. If I feel anything but peace, I'm doing something wrong. And the reality is, you guys, life is 50-50. I don't see anywhere in the Bible where it says like, you're going to be 100% joyful all the time. You're going to be 100% peaceful all the time. I believe it's such a lie that we are sold that we're supposed to be happy all the time or joyful all the time or peaceful all the time. It's hard. Like if you've lost a loved one, man, you got to grieve. Like it's hard. You may not feel joy for six months. It could be six years. I don't know what your time schedule is. But it could be hard if you've lost someone who's so important to you and, you know, or you lost a dream or you lost a financial or you're worried about your kids off the rails or you're worried about your marriage or any of that stuff. You guys, it's hard because it's hard and because it was unexpected. Okay. And there's a quote that I love. It's from recovery ministry, but it's expectations are premeditated resentments. And I love it. I actually have a post-it up in my office of it. Because anytime that I have some crazy expectation, honestly, I'm just setting myself up for 
resentment, right? And then if I know if I have a resentment, I got to work through it because resentment does nothing good for me. It helps me in no way, pushes my life forward in no way. But I did want to just acknowledge when unexpected things happen, holy moly, you're supposed to have a response. You're an emotional being and we're, we feel these emotions. And so I just wanted to acknowledge and to give you permission to feel it. I also want to give you permission to start and continue to work through it and not to just sit. If Gary were to just sit there, he'd still be sitting in that shower, freezing and screaming at me. If he wasn't able to settle himself down, take some deep breaths, figure out the next right thing and what he had to do, right? To turn, make the water warmer, step out of the way of the fray and of the water and all of that, right? So we have to take some steps too. But I feel like so much of the time we just shame ourselves if we feel anything but joyful, hopeful, peace-filled. Like some things are just hard. Sometimes our physiology is just messing with us. Sometimes it's the food we're eating. It's not getting enough sleep. It's someone's hurt us in a really deep way that meant a lot to us. And so now we have to learn to trust again. I mean, there's just, there's just a lot to it. So if you've been hit by the unexpected, give yourself some grace, give yourself some compassion and some empathy, and then lovingly ask yourself, what do I need to do right now to move my life forward? What do I need to do right now to help myself feel a little bit better, right? And hopefully do something that's productive and helpful to help yourself and help humanity and something that's drawing you closer to God, not away from him, right? Like all of those things, because it's all about the decisions we make as well. I just had the conversation with my teenagers, how there is no neutral decision, meaning every decision we make is either positively impacting our lives and positively impacting others' lives. Or it's negatively impacting our lives and negatively impacting others' lives. There is just literally no neutral decision that we ever make. We are always either moving forward or moving backwards. Okay, so what's another way for you to get through when you are struggling with the unexpected things that have just really added stress or heartache into your life? As hard as it is, we got to fight for gratitude. We have to fight for what are you grateful for in this moment? Are you grateful that you have breath in your lungs? Are you grateful that you have a choice and an opportunity to do something today to help yourself feel better? Can you find gratitude for a little gesture? Somebody at the coffee shop was kind to you. Some client was nice to you. Your spouse smiled at you this morning. Your kids actually texted you back, right? Like what can you find gratitude for? And we can always look at things and say, well, it's not enough or that's not good enough, but we've got to fight to find the gratitude for what we have in this moment. You guys, I think one of the keys to life is getting free from the unexpected things in life that have harmed us or that have uh, hurt our life. We have got to figure out how to work through these things because otherwise we're just held hostage and that's no fun. It's like living in a prison and, and that's no fun at all. How do we build this strength internally? Building internal strength helps us in a vital way weather whatever external storms are going on. Three little things I just wanted to mention. Number one, acknowledge. Good to acknowledge. It was an unexpected turn of events. It was something that you would never have chosen. The unexpected is something, I think for the most part, that we've never would have chosen on our own. I think acknowledgement is just a huge part of internal growth. It validates what we're feeling and that it helps us move into where we want to go and what we want to be. And so the other two points I want to mention for how do we build this internal strength, I think 
there's a couple of things we can do, but obviously I'm a huge proponent of spiritual growth, right? That's one of the reasons why I created the spiritual intentions framework. And there, you know, we got to practice our spiritual principles. We have to press in. We have to believe that prayer works. We have to practice meditation to settle down our minds and to settle down those committees in our head or the negative self-talk. That's why I'm a huge proponent of affirmations, right? So we have to replace these negative thoughts that sometimes we obsess over and we have to begin to rewire our brains, right? And that we can actually retrain our brains. So just because we have negative self-talk, that doesn't mean we have to live in that negative self-talk or those negative beliefs. And you guys, beliefs are nothing more than thoughts that we've thought over and over and over again to solidify them, right? Let me say that again. Deep-rooted beliefs that we have about ourselves or about our faith, they are nothing more than thoughts that we've thought over and over again to solidify those things. Those can be changed. And I want to encourage you as much as you can to write down what are the beliefs you actually want to have? What are the thoughts you actually want to be thinking? The only way to replace these negative hard thoughts or to reframe situations so that you're not just feeling like the victim or like you'll never get through it is to actually choose what you want to be thinking. This is a podcast topic for another time, but being active in our thoughts and how we, we cannot just feel like victims of our thoughts. We actually do have some control. Now, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's every thought, but for whatever percentage of those thoughts that we actually do control, we've got to steer them in the right direction, right? <laughs> I look at my brain like a toddler sometimes. I, I actually named her Bertha and I say, oh, Bertha, thank you for trying to protect me with that doubt or with that fear. You served your purpose for so long and I thank you, but it doesn't serve me now. These thoughts don't serve me now. And here are new thoughts we're going to learn, right? And I don't know why I named her Bertha, but that's just my little joke with my brain. And so, and it helps you guys, I'm telling you it helps. So the three things that I want to acknowledge to build internal strength, and these are very quick and very brief, and obviously I could go into huge detail about all of them, but we've got to acknowledge, right, because we have to validate what we're feeling or what we're thinking. Otherwise, we just shame ourselves and we feel worse for for feeling or thinking the things we feel. Number two, really be mindful of taking control of our thoughts and steering our thoughts as best as we can. And my third point to build that strength internally is to really encounter our creator in whatever way that happens for you. Some people do it through worship and through music. Some people do it through study and through word. Other people do it on walks and in nature. Other people do it through meditation and through prayer. Other people do it through community. You've got to find your rhythm. And if you need help with that, jump into the spiritual intentions framework. I'd love to hold your hand if you need it, for some spiritual growth and for how do you encounter Jesus? Like, how do you actually encounter God's compassion? And how do we live from this place of radical acceptance of ourselves and of life as it is? And that's actually one whole module in the Spiritual Intentions Framework that I love. Radical acceptance. And I actually thought about writing a book one time called Radical Acceptance because we have got to accept ourselves for where we're at. If we are going to change anything about ourselves by the power of the Holy Spirit, we have got to embrace right where we are so that we can move forward and become who we want to be or who we were created to be. And I wanted to mention, and this is probably an episode all on its own, we can't stress our way into a solution. Somehow we have got to find peace and to not 
marry ourselves to the stress of life, right? Whether it's in our heads, our hearts, our minds, or our bodies, because we can never stress ourselves into a solution, right? The solutions tend to come when we're in more peace and when we can separate ourselves from the stress itself. The other thing I wanted to mention is expect the unexpected in miraculous ways too. You guys, when tragedy hits, when frustration hits, when negative things hit your life, we've got to expect the unexpected in miraculous ways too. Some of the hardest things in my life have birthed the deepest, most meaningful friendships in my whole life. Some of the hardest things in my life have also birthed the spiritual gifts and the blessings and the growth and the wisdom that I would have never gotten otherwise. And new doors and new opportunities always happen through the unexpected as well. You know, whether it's a business thing, if some big business door has closed, other doors will open and you will find uh, relationships and friendships through those doors that are incredible. You know, in my life with addiction, people ask me all the time, like, how can you say you're a grateful recovering alcoholic or grateful recovering addict? And for me, it took what it took. It took those depths for me to encounter and have these spiritual encounters and experience my creator in such an incredible way. And the deep relationships that I have forged through my addiction and recovery, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful. I wouldn't trade those relationships for anything on the planet, especially not to have never endured anything that I've endured or or anything like that. Through the hardest things in my life, I found myself and I've learned to love myself and to like myself and to enjoy myself and and all of that. And I don't know if that could have come any other way. I I just don't know. Maybe. But for me, this was my path. And, you know, I wanted to mention too, like even loss and death. And I know some of us are mourning and grieving people that we've lost and, and that's hard and we'll never get those people back. But I wanted to encourage you, even after they're gone, we can still encounter them in a new way and and have a relationship with them in a new way. And yes, it's pretty much one-sided, right? Because we can't converse with them. But, you know, I lost my uncle uh, almost 20 years ago now by suicide. And, you know, that was one of the hardest things I've ever walked through. It's still pretty hard. And when I think about it, really sad and, and hard. But I will tell you now, all these years later, I have a better relationship with him than I had when he was here. And it's because... I'm able to rewrite the narrative. I'm able to see him in a different lens. I'm able to have this gratitude for him and the impact that he's had on my life. I'm able to mourn and grieve what he was going through that that caused him to make those decisions and, and all of that. And so I just wanted to say, even after death and loss and grief, like you can still have a really amazing relationship with that person. Yes, there's loss because they're not here and you can't converse with them, but you can still, that relationship still goes on. And I don't mean in some woohoo crazy way. And I think you know what I'm talking about. Also through grief man, new friendships are forged that you would have never had because there's just some uniting factor that is just holy when you acknowledge your grief and someone else acknowledges theirs. And there's just a look and a depth of connection that words, words almost don't matter. It's just that emotional connection. And so just wanted to mention that too. Like these are all the gifts. These are the gratitude places that feed our soul and that get us through these really, really hard times. And I believe we can grow in tenacity and perseverance and and ultimately grace and love for ourselves and grace and love for others as we endure these, these unexpected things in our life. But we have got to find grace for ourselves it's hard because it's hard. You've encountered and endured something that you never would have expected in your life. It was the unexpected. 
and it's hard. And so give yourself a moment to recalibrate, right? So in a, in the big picture, I want to say two things in my closing big picture. If you're still shocked and you're still like recalibrating, trying to find your footing after an unexpected event, take a deep breath. It's okay. It's really okay. If it's been years, I'm going to encourage you reach out and get some help. Even if it's been months, I'm going to encourage you reach out, bring someone else in. If you're feeling like stuck and like there's no movement in these areas, reach out, find some community, find a therapist, find a pastor, find a coach, whatever you need, find a friend, somebody in a support group, like reach out so you can find some movement. If the movement's not as quick as you'd like, well, at least you're moving forward, right? So some of us are moved forward a little bit slower than others. That's okay. God is still with us. So much of life is giving ourselves permission to feel the things we're feeling. And I believe that one of the things that uh, I want to say capital C church does a little bit weak, which is sad and frustrating. And we don't give people permission to feel all their feelings, right? We're just like, well, pray about it. Well, I'm sorry you don't feel better. You must be doing something wrong. Or that's the message that we receive. Could be a total lie from the pit of hell. But I do know that's so much of what Christians struggle with. And so I just wanted to acknowledge that it's okay if you're feeling sadness, if you're not feeling joy and you're not feeling hope and you're not feeling peace, it's okay. That doesn't necessarily mean you're doing anything wrong. It could just be that you're still recalibrating and that the unexpected in life has really sideswiped you. And so give yourself some time. But don't give yourself a lifetime to sit in that misery, right? We don't need to sit in the misery, but we do need to work through it. And so practical application, what can you do today? Ask yourself, have I given myself enough time to grieve this? Do I need to give myself more time? Can I do anything right now in this moment to help myself feel better? Or am I just still recalibrating and finding myself? And reach out share it with somebody. I think it's really helpful too, if you can look in the mirror. Uh, Zig Ziglar, who's an amazing man, he passed away many, many years ago, I think 20 years ago. But he uh, used to look himself in the mirror every morning and just praise God for who uh, he made him to be. And he would say like, we're going to do great things today. And he'd motivate himself. And so I want to encourage you, I'm sure the first 10 times it'll feel awkward. (laughs) But I think you can even look yourself in the mirror and say, man, like for myself, Danny, man, expect the unexpected today. Hard things might happen, but you know what? There's good gifts in today too. And be on the lookout for those good gifts. There's a scripture in Micah that I love. It's Micah 7, 7. The message version says, but me, I'm not giving up. I'm sticking around to see what God will do. I'm waiting for God to make things right. I'm counting on God to listen to me. The NIV says, but as for me, I watch and hope for the Lord. I wait for my God, my Savior, my God will hear me. But just remember, through everything, through every hardship, through every hard thing, not to minimize what you're feeling or what you're going through or what happened or what tragedy, but there are silver linings in it all. And I believe that whether, even if it was like the most tragic of things, somehow um, God will use you in incredible ways in people's lives because of the work that you've done to work through this stuff. And so anyways, expect the unexpected and make sure if you take a polar plunge shower that you make sure the nozzle's not facing the door because the next person in the shower is going to be really, really frustrated with you. So anyways, okay. I love you guys. I hope you guys are having a good week and I'll talk to you in a few days. Let me say a quick prayer over you. Lord, I thank you for my friend. Lord, I don't know what unexpected thing they're going through, but Father, I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you'd fill them. I pray that you would continue to give them permission to process their stuff 
and to help them to know that they are not alone, that maybe they're just in the really messy middle right now, but that their story is not over yet. And so Lord, bless them and fill them by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Hello, my friend. If this episode blessed you, made you laugh, or triggered you, hey, that's growth. Please do me a favor and share this with a friend. And if you feel led, please leave a written review for the show. That really helps us out. Don't forget you are in good company if you're feeling more broken than you'd like to admit. And you are more loved than you can ever imagine. Have a great week. See you next time.